And we back in this thing like we left some. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Thank y'all for joining me again this week. I can't believe we are in season three. We have been going. Um, This is season two. I mean, I'm sorry. This is episode two of season three. Um, like I told y'all earlier, we're going to have a few more serious stories this season. Um, I got a lot, of, a lot of feedback off last week's episode where people were like, I can't believe your mother was like that. Yada, yada, yada. My mother's always had the reputation of being like the nice, quiet, um, loving, great church going person. Right. And after last week's episode, people were like, your mom was really like that. And I'm like, I used to tell y'all, my mom don't take no shit, man. But thank you for everybody who has listened, keeps listening, keeps riding with me every week. And this week we got a little, little more serious episode. So no further ado, let's get to it, y'all. It is time to get to this story. Let's go. takes place in the fall of 1989 I'm 11 years old I'm in sixth grade um, I've just started at a school called CBA Cincinnati Bilingual Academy and you can say it was that transition from being that you know innocent uninformed unaware elementary school kid to now you're starting to see shit because now you're in junior high or middle school for that matter like I said this is 1989 and over a three day period from a Friday to a Monday is when I learned crack was real now for those who came up in the 80s when the crack epidemic was, was crazy y'all know what it was like um, for those who are my listeners who are a little younger, um, hopefully this story paints a picture for you. So how did we get here? First and foremost, today's story was actually a late addition um, real quick before I get into the story. So I have been mentoring a young man by the name of Cortez for a while. And Cortez would ask me questions. And I remember one time Cortez asked me a question. He said, uh, he said, Mr. Mike, I said, what's up? He said, can I ask you something? I said, yeah, you know, you can ask me whatever. He said, I was sitting around listening to my mother and my aunt talk about when they were younger and crack was like a big deal or whatever down here in the uh, Houston area. He said, I know you from Cincinnati. I said, yeah. He said, was it like that where you was from too? I said, yeah. 
He said, so when did you know? Like, when could you see it? And so this is when I noticed it. This is where this story comes from. So let's get to it. Like I said, this is the fall of 1989. It's a Friday morning. I'm getting ready to go to school. My mother would already be gone in the morning to go to work by the time I got up. And sometimes she would pack me lunch, sometimes not. And she packed me lunch one morning. One of my boys, we'll call him L. He came to my crib. He was going to walk to the bus stop with me because we went to school together. So I grabbed my lunch. He was like, oh, your mother packed your lunch for you? I'm like, yeah. He was like, damn, I wish my mama did that for me. I was like, why don't you ask her? He just blew it off like, oh, yeah, all right, whatever. We go to the bus stop. We laughing, we joking, we playing how we usually do. Get on the bus, headed to school. We roasting on each other on the bus. Y'all know how it used to be when you're on the bus going to school. And I remember we get close to school and cats are really roasting. They going hard. And somebody said something about somebody mama being on crack. Now, at the time, my like three favorite things to watch on television as an 11 year old and my brother can attest to this. One of my favorite things to watch was the news. I would watch the news. Um, that was one of my favorite things to watch. Jeopardy was another favorite of mine to watch and the Cosby show. Oh, and three's company. So in watching the news, I would see stories about crack and the violence that you know surrounded crack and all that shit on the news right but the visuals that they showed on the news wouldn't look like my neighborhood like at that time i'm like damn this crack shit is serious thank god it ain't hit my neighborhood right little did i know it had already hit so somebody said something about somebody's mother being on crack and my boy L, who was laughing, yada, 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 all that, he stopped laughing. And I'm like, well, damn, that was funny. Why that nigga ain't laughing? So we get to school. Going throughout the day, we get to lunch. Pull out my lunch. My mother had packed me in the brown paper bag. Eating my lunch. Look, my boy L ain't eating. So I asked him, like, why ain't you getting nothing to eat? He's like, oh, I ain't hungry. I'm good. I'm like, all right, cool. I ain't think nothing of it. Finish our day and we get on the bus and we going home. There was a dude that lived in another housing project not far from mine called English Woods. His name was Corey. We sitting on the bus. Corey was like always hyper, like always hyper, bouncing all over the place. Corey telling us like, yeah, this weekend I'm going to my father's house. You know what I'm saying? I love going to my father's house. He let me do whatever I want to. It's fun. Yada, yada, yada. We like, oh, okay, cool. That's what's up. Saturday come. I'm chilling. Go outside Saturday. A lot of my friends outside, we talking, we shooting the shit. Everything is everything. So I'm about to go in the house and play Nintendo. I've never been a super huge like video game person, right? Now, when I had Nintendo as a kid, you know, I would play, I would have my stints where I would play heavy for about a week. Then I would put it up and wouldn't play for about another two, three weeks. Like I was, I've never been like that gamer type person, right? So 
I'm like, man, I'm about to go in the house and get on the game. So I asked my boy, L, who was outside. I'm like, hey, you want to come over, get on, get on the sticks? He's like, yeah. So he come over. We playing the game. We having a good time. Ha ha. He he. And it's time for him to leave out. So he about to leave. He was like, man, I wish I still had my game. I'm like, why ain't you got your game? He was like, man, my mama took it from me. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, why she take it? She said I was messing up in school, but all I had, I had two C's, the rest B's and A's. I'm like, oh. So he leaves and goes to the crib. I ain't think nothing of it. Later on that day, my boy Duck, God rest his soul, me and him outside. He like, hey, let's go to L crib real quick. I'm like, all right. We go over L crib. The screen door is open. So we knock on the screen door. I can look and see through the screen door and ain't no furniture in the living room. Now, I've been over, you know, their house before and they've always had furniture. Ain't no furniture. He opened the door. It's nothing but trash bags full of laundry in the floor. TV gone, laundry, I mean, uh, furniture gone, everything gone. And I'm like, damn. So I asked him, I'm like, man, where y'all furniture? He was like, man, my mama, she sold it. I'm like, for real? I'm like, why'd she do that? We needed the money. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We hang around for a hot second and we leave. My boy Doug say, hey, you know uh, his mom on that shit, right? I'm like, huh? He's like, she on that shit. I'm like, what you talking about? He was like, crack, nigga. I'm like, eh, nah. Hell, mama ain't on that shit. Yeah, she is. I'm like, man, anyway. I wasn't trying to hear. It. And it was on my mind heavy. Later that evening, I'm in the crib. My mother is downstairs. And I remember asking my mother, I said, Ma, can I ask you something? She said, yeah. I said, um, I know it's like not my place, but, you know, I'm kind of worried. And um, you think you can answer something for me? So she could see like the concern and, you know, what's going on with me. So she instantly, what she was doing, she put it down. She focused on me. She like, what's up, Mike? I'm like, do you think L mama on drugs? And I never will forget it. She exhaled and was like, <sighs> and she looked at me and was like, Mikey, that ain't none of my business. That ain't none of your business. But I'm going to say this. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, she is. And I was like, I remember being like, it felt like something like pushed me back in my seat. Right. Like I felt like a pressure like on my chest and like pushed me back. It blew me back. Right. Real quick, only other time I felt like a pressure or felt like something pushing me back in my chest was the one time my sans Mac gave me some weed oil, some uh, some THC oil one time and I took too much. But anyway, that's another day, another story. Anyway, so it kind of like blew me back and I'm like, really? Like, and I remember feeling like all these emotions, like I wanted to cry. I was confused. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know what was going on. And so my mother starts giving me this long talk. And that's how I really like learned about drugs, right? You had the say, just say no campaign. You had dare and all that shit, right? But I had never had anybody really explain drugs to me until that day. And my mother really like breaking it down for me, letting me know like what's going on. And I remember being 11 years old, like shit. Okay, so this crack shit I'm seeing on the news is real. Like this ain't some shit just taking place far off. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of like, oh man, I can't believe it. So I started telling my mother, I say, hey mom, like he don't be having lunch at school. And she was like, he don't? I said, nah. She was like, all right. She said, so from now on, when I pack you a lunch in the morning, I'm going to pack two. You give one to him. And I remember she telling me, like, don't make him feel bad or feel embarrassed about, you know, me packing him a lunch. Like, make the shit cool. I was like, yes, ma'am, I got you. I got you. And I remember the level of, like, respect. Because I've always respected my mother. My mother, even though, um, like I explained in last week's story, like she was stern. She didn't take no shit. She would beat your ass, all that shit. Right. And I understood why she's raising kids in this environment. So she got to be a certain way. But by the same token, she was one of the most loving uh, people that would do anything for you. Like hated to see people go without. So. That day, my, my level of respect shot up even higher for it, right? So, Sunday comes. And the shit kind of was going to be in my face now. It's crazy. All this shit happened over a weekend. So, Sunday. Me and my friends would always go outside after the Cincinnati Bengals game went off TV. They had a one o'clock game. We would go to church, come home, watch the end of the Bengals game, go outside and play football. We go outside. We playing football. We over on Nottingham. It's a street where I'm from. We over on Nottingham playing around, throwing the football around, having a good time. Now, my mother at the time worked at this place called Walnut Hills Evanston Medical Center. She was a billing clerk. She would catch two buses to work every day. One of the ladies that lived in our neighborhood, Ms. Valencia, she worked at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And her and my mother became friends and they would ride the bus to work every day, every morning. Ms. Valencia had a husband. His name was Mike. Cool dude. And they stayed over on Nottingham. Now, I hadn't seen Mr. Mike for a long time. Probably shh, at least six months. I hadn't seen him for a while. So we out there on that Sunday. We playing. We throwing the football around. You know, acting like we, you know, whoever. Jerry Rice and all this. You know how kids are. Mr. Mike comes around the corner. And I had never. I had never seen a body transformation like that. Mr. Mike had a little size on him, right? From what I remember. But this time he came around the corner. He was super skinny. He was super skinny. Like you could see the bone structure in his face. And like it, it was almost like like his teeth were protruding out of his face. His, his skin was so thin and tight and his clothes was baggy and he had on some shorts. He had taken like a pair of sweatpants and cut them shits and made them shorts. 
and he had on some Chuck Taylors tied real tight with his socks, like rolled down like donuts. And I remember vividly looking down because I couldn't look at him in the face because I was so, I was shocked. I was hurt. I was scared. I was nervous. All of that shit, right? Like a gumbo of emotions for an 11 year old. Somebody we had seen who was a grown man in the neighborhood. You got to understand now in that time in my neighborhood, one thing you didn't see a lot of was like grown men, like adult men who were like going to work every day. We saw niggas who was early 20s who sold dope, but we didn't see like grown men. And so he was one of the, the, the few. The very few grown men in my neighborhood and. He was one of the ones he went to work every day, respected, you know, dressed well, all that shit. And now this nigga coming out here like this. It was like a skeleton with like a thin layer of skin laid on top of the bones. And I was floored. Like I couldn't look at him in the face because none of this shit made sense. So I remember looking at the ground, looking towards his shoes. And I remember seeing like his calf. And like his calves and legs were so skinny, like you could see all the veins and shit. And I was like, oh, shit. I can't believe this shit. And my first thought was, damn, is he sick? So he came over and he asked us, he's like, what's up, young bloods? Y'all got some change? I'm trying to run up here to Swartz real quick and get me a beer. That's all he kept saying. He was trying to run and get him a beer. I'm like, nah, I ain't got no money. And I hadn't seen him in so long. So when he saw me, he was like, what's up, Mikey? How you been? I didn't have the same like happy response. Like I didn't have that upbeat attitude and, and, and feeling. I was just like, I've been good. I was crushed. I'm like, damn, one of the few grown men and nigga, you like this? I'm like, oh, shit. This shit real, bro. Like crack is here. It's here. And he walked off real fast. And I ain't even want to play no more. I didn't want to play football no more. I told my boy, I was like, hey, I'm going in the house. They like, huh? I'm like, I'm going in the house. I went in the house, sat down on the couch. My mother was upstairs taking a nap. That was her thing. <laughs> on Sundays after church, she was going to take a nap. And when she finally woke up, because I couldn't even like, I ain't want to do shit. I ain't want to watch TV, nothing. I just wanted to talk to my mother, right? So she wakes up, she comes downstairs. I'm sitting in the living room. I said, mom, can we, can we have a talk again? She was like, uh-huh. She sat down on the couch. I said, mom, I just saw Mr. Mike. And before I can finish, she said, yes, Mikey, he's on crack too. But I was hoping that she said, you know, maybe he was sick or, you know, whatever. Just anything but that. Right. And I just dropped my head like. She didn't say anything after that, but she got up. She said, yeah, I know it's sad. And she walked into the kitchen and I'm like, fuck. And it's crazy how shit like is revealed to you in life, right? It's crazy. So now in one day, or I'm sorry, in one weekend, I know my boy's mother, 
a dude who was kind of respected in the neighborhood as a stand-up dude who, you know, went to work, um, did his thing, wasn't out in the streets wild, none of that shit. But the one that hit me was on Monday. The one that, like, rocked me. That, like, really did something to me mentally. We on the bus going to school Monday morning. My mom had packed my boy a lunch and I gave it to him. And I told him, I was like, hey. So I lied the first day. I was like, hey, my mother had packed my brother lunch, but he ain't wanted. He wanted to eat his lunch at school. So, hey, if you want it here, it's a sandwich, some chips and some cookies in there and a drink. He was like, oh, OK, bet. But the one that rocked me, we go to school on Monday. Go to school throughout the day. And I'm still, honestly, I'm still really struggling with the shit that, you know, I've witnessed and, and been brought to my attention over the weekend. And Monday we on the bus and we coming home. And my boy Corey, like I said, he lived in another project called English Woods, which was right around the corner from the Fay Apartments where I grew up. And on that Friday, he was talking about how he was going to his dad's house and he loved going to his dad's house and his dad let him do anything. He, his dad didn't care, yada, yada, yada. He get on the bus um, that day after school. We riding home. He's sitting in the seat right in front of me. He turning around his normal hyper self. He like, man, I had the best weekend ever. I'm like, what's up? Like, I knew you was going over your pop's crib. Like, how it go? Now, his dad lived downtown, a hood called uh, Lincoln Courts, right? It was another hood. So I was like, how was it? He's like, man, it's cool. I got to see a couple of my cousins on Saturday. Uh, my pops took me to get something to eat. He was like, but Saturday night was the best. I'm like, wow, what's up? We're 11 years old. He like, man, y'all, I smoke crack. So we like, oh, nigga, shut up. You lying. He was like, I swear to God. I'm like, huh? He was like, I swear to God. I'm like, why you do that? He was like, my daddy friend had something at the house. I was like, huh? He was like, yeah, my daddy and his friend, you know what I'm saying? They were smoking weed and then they put some crack in it. And I, like he's running down this whole shit of how it happened. He was like, my daddy and my daddy's friend they left i said uh-huh he was like and they had that shit sitting in my daddy's room in this box on his dresser i'm like uh-huh he was like so i tried it and i was just like oh, fuck and he was so happy he tried it and i remember this girl who lived in english woods was like how was it and he was like Man, it was amazing. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, nigga, we 11. I couldn't believe it. Like, that was like a normal thing. So when Cortez asked me, like, how was it back then? When did I know? When did it hit me? Like, that, that crack was a thing. That's what I told him. 
it's crazy how, like I say, shit get revealed to you. But it got revealed to me. And what's crazy, after that, I hated watching the news. I hated watching the news. I still hate watching the news. Rest in peace, Corey. I'm out.